Hi, my name is Deborah Ogden and I would like to welcome you to this third season of On Brand With. The idea behind this podcast has always been to bring you into my world of personal brand and impact and hopefully bring it to life through the experiences and stories of me and my guests. One of the things I've learned over the years is that we all have a story to tell and over the coming episodes I'll be chatting to some more people that I know and admire and some that I don't know and I'll be asking them to share their stories and how they use their personal brands to really make an impact. We'll be exploring what best practice looks like in the real world. So let's begin. So in this first episode, I'm talking to a very special lady and one who I'm privileged to call my friend. It is Mandy Taylor. Many of you may know Mandy and if you don't know of her personally, you may have heard of her charity work or seen her social media regarding BB's Italian Restaurant, Topic UK magazine, Yorkshire Businesswoman magazine. She is a real champion and supporter of many people and many causes. Sadly, she has another story to tell. Um, Having seen off breast cancer twice in April 2021, Mandy was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive tumour. She'll share more about it during our conversation. On learning that she was incurable and terminal, Mandy decided to launch the hashtag Be More Mandate campaign, inspiring people to get out there and just do it and also take away the stigma around cancer and have open and honest conversations. This episode is one of those conversations and I won't lie, it was tough at times as you will hear. It was tough, but it was thought-provoking and inspiring. I hope you agree. So today I'm talking to my very good friend, Mandy Taylor, and I've just been saying to Mandy, I don't quite know where to start with this conversation, so I'm going to start right at the beginning, where I did something for Mandy that I don't think I would do for anybody else. You really pushed me out of the comfort zone, didn't you? You share, Mandy, what we did together. Indeed we did, Deborah. My and the memories I cherish from that day. Um, we we met through my charity work uh, down at Huddersfield Town Football Club, didn't we? Uh, I often saw you in the stands with your then little boy who's not so little anymore. And every year I wanted to raise more and more and more money to make sure that the children and young people of our town of Kirklees, uh, from disadvantaged or underprivileged, and I hate that word underprivileged, but I can't mm. think of a, a different one right now, backgrounds could could go to school without hunger so they could have breakfast in their tummies, they could have meaningful experiences and memories, partake in educational experiences and sporting memories too. So to fundraise I had to look at, at events that appealed to everybody, mm. that appealed to the masses and weren't always football related. Yeah. So the Town Foundation 
annual ladies luncheon fashion show uh start at small but wow did it grow rapidly and you very very kindly took to our catwalk i'm trying to remember if it was house of fraser that maybe you modeled for yeah i think i, I think it was house of fraser and we had bernadette didn't we who's been a guest on the podcast bernadette was choreographing it all and there was a gorgeous little girl i can remember at the front with a beautiful ginger hair which now I look back is similar colour to Oscar's and uh, she sort of stole the show right at the end of the catwalk she was just gorgeous but it was a, it was just such you created such an atmosphere I think with those events I'd like to think so and I think especially with the the fashion shows I was about inclusivity and diversity mm. with respect to gorgeously slim supermodels I didn't want them it wasn't about that. The, the, the scenes included children, gentlemen, ladies. One year I had a disabled person. One year I had a British bulldog up in the show. You did. I'd forgotten about that, yeah. Pharaoh and Scott Taylors. Mm. So it was about breaking the barriers down, breaking down um, stigma. Mm. I had mm. burlesque dancers. You did, yeah. From size yeah. 10 to 24. Mm. And, mm. and they were subtle and glorious and celebrating the, the human figure yeah, and yeah. and I just unfortunately I think I once caught Bernadette Le, uh, Gledhill who's an amazing lady roll her eyes as if to say <laughs> oh lord what have I agreed to do <laughs> how many more models are going to turn up because normally we work with 12 and I think I must have had about 40 oh there were many weren't there too many yeah but I just couldn't say no mm. I just wanted to bring joy to people's lives and and I reminisce and recall even with your good self, when your mum came along yeah, absolutely. to support you. Yeah, and, you know, we have a photograph at home that my mum has at home, and John Early, um, who takes so many fabulous photos, John captured mum looking up at the stage, and it's just the most glorious photograph of her. And uh, we often talk about you, and we talk about that event, just from that moment that was captured. Um, yeah, they were really special times. And, and just on that, another story that always reminds me when you're talking about the children in the district, I always remember you talking about a little girl who asked you for the Weetabix boxes and you thought it was to That's make models. Sadly, yes. Uh, I did think she was being creative and artistic and she was using them to line the soles of her shoes because the shoes leaked water. Mm. And that's one of hundreds and hundreds of tragic stories which I'll never share. Yeah, uh, It wasn't about sharing and exploiting mm. the poverty and it was about making change. Yeah, and it stuck with me and I think so many of us don't realise that this is going on in our, on our, our doorsteps. That's right. The thought that, um, you know, there are children that aren't being fed or no. going hungry. So those were really, really happy days. And I'm always grateful that we were introduced and, and our love of Huddersfield Town and the football continues. And we've continued to stay in touch and become good friends. Um, so you how are we here today let's talk about why we're here today today i wanted to celebrate your well as i said to you before we turn the mic on let's be honest i'm all about being authentic i asked you 
what do you want to talk about today? Because there are many avenues we could take because you have done so much and continue to do so much. Your uh, social media is Charity Angel, which could never be, there couldn't be a more perfect uh, Twitter handle or whatever you call it. But um, of course, many people will know you now because of your very challenging a very difficult cancer journey that you've been very public about and I know you've shared that to often inspire other people mm-hmm. um and but I I never see you as Mandy with cancer you know it, do, okay. it doesn't ever define you in my mind so I was reluctant to just talk about that today um so where shall we start, Mandy? Oh, my Lord, let's start with <laughs> my pride in being a Yorkshire lass. Yeah. I think yeah. we should. People often say to me, how do you get by? How do you get through? How are you doing all that you do? And I think I'm just built of Yorkshire grit. Mm. I really am. I'm so proud of my heritage. So proud to be a northerner. Yeah. I really yeah. am. And I know we criticise the South and there's lots of conversations in politics about the North-South divide. But I just proudly stand by my county Mm. I really do I think the scenery the countryside the sporting opportunities the businesses the businesses I've met whilst working for Topic UK magazine Mm. coming across new contacts across the Yorkshire region we've just got such entrepreneurial people haven't we we have and you of course you've um, headed up the Yorkshire businesswoman as well as part of Topic UK haven't you I have and what a joy to meet the women of Yorkshire Mm. crikey they are a powerhouse they really (laughs) We are. We started out uh, with a concept. I say the royal we. Sorry, forgive me. Uh, Jill Laidler. Lovely Jill. Lovely Jill. Absolutely. Super lady. So founding uh, group editor who works with her business partner, Rob Laidler. Um, They had an idea during the pandemic that that after running a Topic UK B2B printed magazine for eight years nearly then, that they'd introduce another publication. And I thought they were bonkers. You know, how can you do that when we're in pandemic crisis? But they did because they wanted to give a helping hand to people that were struggling, Mm. that had faced lockdown closures, everything that was going with it. And they wanted to be helpful to the businesswomen of Yorkshire. So we launched a digital magazine, primarily. Then we launched a Yorkshire Businesswoman Members Club. Which is super. Mm. We've had some fabulous events, haven't we? And there's more to come, (laughs) many more to come. And then we decided to go to print with the magazine. And it's just been to see a collective of Yorkshire women helping, supporting, encouraging each other, not necessarily trying to sell. Yeah. Which I think is really important in businesses, as you very well know (laughs) better than anybody. It's nurturing meaningful relationships. And... The, the first Yorkshire Business Women event, so the launch event that we had at Dakota, was my first, and I think many women's first event back in real life. Mm-hmm. And it was quite emotional in the room, wasn't it, to be back in a room full of like-minded women and, as you said, not selling, which is often the experience of many networking events, but no selling just chatting and building relationships and making connections and there was just such warmth and um, such an energy in the room. 
and a lot of authenticity, mm. which I know in your business about personal brand to present the best and the true version of you. Mm. Because what we did during lockdown was we hid behind Zoom calls oh. or social media. But then one day we were going to have to come back out and a lot of people could have been caught out mm. if they were trying to masquerade as somebody else. Oh, and you know, I've said this to a few people and I don't mind sharing it here. We were very lucky during the pandemic. I mean, initially my business was hit and I set up the Impact Club, as mm. you know, and, um, and things once things settled down, I started to work online. And from a health point of view, just touching wood here, from mm -hmm. a health point of view, we were all very lucky and mm. we weren't impacted as a family. But as I came out of the pan, as we started to come out of September, I actually found it very difficult. And I always laugh that I'm a, an extroverted introvert, <laughs> but I love being at home. I love being with my husband and my son. And if I can put my boots on and go for a walk up the hill, I am absolutely happy. And I found it quite hard to get back out there. So events like the one at Dakota, it was just such a joy and you realize I think we'd forgotten what we were missing. Absolutely. I completely agree mm. with you. And it's given us all a new opportunity, hasn't it? To reflect on what, what's occurred. Yeah. Where yeah. we are and where we want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And we've got a Christmas Christmas event to look forward to as well. So, uh, yeah, we can all get back in the room for that one as well. Now, talking about Christmas, another of your absolute... Um, joys and passions i know is bb's so oh, my beloved bb's <laughs> another yorkshire institution indeed <laughs> italian but yorkshire through and through founded in 1974 on mill hill and those that visit leeds uh, frequently or, or occasionally just across from the railway station on the street corner very modest little building and oliver teodorani had a dream to form an italian restaurant which back in 74 you couldn't eat around the world mm -hmm. like you can now. So I think it was quite a brave move. Yeah. Um, Zen grew. Many people might remember it from Greek street days. I remember it from Greek street days predominantly. <laughs> On a Friday afternoon, everybody down tools at lunchtime and headed to the iconic Beebies. Wow. That was the place to network. Yeah. I don't yeah. think there was the word networking back then, to be fair with you. But everybody had long lunches, didn't yeah. they? I mean, you know, can you imagine ordering... Well, people just don't order a bottle of wine at no. lunch and sit all Friday afternoon, do they? No, but the movers and the shakers and so much business I've heard was done in Beebies on a Friday afternoon. It's untrue. So many dreams were fulfilled and... Yeah, so that was great. Then uh, 16 years ago, Bibi's Italianissimo moved into its third home uh, criterion place. So behind KPMG, mm, yeah, uh, yeah, just by the arches by Malmaison. Malmaison, you owe me a plug there. You're a super hotel and I have stayed with you. <laughs> <laughs> and they approached me, oh wow, Deborah, 12 years ago uh, to see if I'd like to be their PR and marketing manager. But those were the days when the waiting list was months mm. and people were queuing around the table for wow. for tables i remember a very famous footballer paul skulls yeah yeah being refused a table really wow. because there was no room at the inn yeah and this yeah. is a restaurant that accommodates at its busiest and tightest about 250 people 
So it's a think about that. And you think of the crisis in the hospitality industry at the moment. Indeed. Wow. Yeah, I stayed there and had the best, best three years of my life. Uh, doing all, as I say, their PR and marketing, but it was subtle marketing because, to be fair to you, we didn't want to overmarket because <laughs> we had to be careful who uh, who we let in. Uh, but sadly, then fast or forwarding, or turn away, or turn away, <laughs> one or the other. Uh, fast forwarding my employment with them to 2011, uh, I popped into work one day and said to a colleague, "I found a lump." Mm. And we whizzed into the ladies' loose together, a very dear friend, Nikki, who still works there today. And we examined together and her advice was go to the docks. My reply was, I can't. It might only be the summer, but Christmas is round the corner for Beebe's. We've not yet got the Christmas brochures done. The artiste for sure time. We just need to sign the contracts. I'll leave it a few weeks. Mm. And foolishly, I did. Mm. That's a lesson for us all, isn't it? Beyond. Mm. The biggest lesson that I hope anybody can take from this podcast is, it doesn't matter if it's teeny tiny, just go get it checked. Yeah, yeah. You, and that was the start of your journey with breast was. cancer. That's correct. The first time around. The first time. So I ploughed on through. I remember New Year's Eve at Bibi's Italianissimo on stage in the most beautiful sequin dress, but with drain bags underneath, draining away the fluid from the surgeries that I'd endured uh, and the after effects of those. So I had to have a radical mastectomy and an immediate reconstruction. Uh, I was told, that was done in the October, and I was told that I'd be six months off work, and I wasn't, which was crazy. However, come the, maybe the February of 2012, it all caught up with me. And I I knew it was time to take time out. Mm. From paid work. Yes, yeah, yeah. And reluctantly and sadly, I did say goodbye. But actually, no. I said, Arrivederci, I'll be back <laughs> soon. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that would be about the time that I first met you then. Yeah, and I think even then, I mean, just for those that don't know Mandy, nobody can wear a sequin <laughs> or a feather like Mandy. <laughs> Whatever the situation and um your positivity even then um always shone through and you've never let it get in the way and i know we're saying here that perhaps you should have let it get in the way a little bit at that point but you've never let it get in your way have you you've you've plowed on and and found ways to channel that energy into ways of helping other people absolutely so um when i did step down from Bieber's, i immediately thought right okay what can i do i need to fill the gap so i formed charity angels with the help and support of some phenomenal business people mm. phenomenal can't name them all but they they know who they are yes yeah so from brand development website creation you name it they all pulled together with me and we decided to do a a charity fashion show. We decided to do it for Forget Me Not Children's Hospice, yes. which is very close to my heart. For From 2004 to 2008, I turned from being a volunteer to running the charity and raised just about £2 million and got them planning permission and then moved on. So I always knew in my heart of hearts I'd like to give something back again. So we arranged a charity fashion show at my 
our mm. beloved Huddersfield Town Football Club. We wanted to raise a few thousand if we could. We decided that all the clothing worn would be sustainable fashion from the charity shops themselves. That's right. Yes, I'd forgotten that bit, yeah. So yeah. it was all pre-lived clothing, mm. all of it. You were ahead of your time. I, I tell you, I was, <laughs> I was back then. Um, yeah, so I involved artists and performers from Beebies. Mm. So the wedding scene, my tribute to Frank Sinatra sang. I had an electronic violinist perform. And at that fashion show, I don't confess how many models I had, but I ought to do, in fairness to them all, 82 models. 82. <laughs> in sanity. Uh, but we pulled together. We had Andy Booth. We yeah. had Robbie Hunter-Paul, the rugby player. We had celebrities, but it wasn't about the celebrities. It was people wanting to do the right thing for the right cause. Yeah. I can't remember. We probably raised fast approaching £10,000 that night. But what we did do also was bring a lot of joy to the models. Mm. We raised the importance of gifting clothing to charities. And I think we additionally raised the profile of the hospice itself. Uh, that was my very first visit to the hospice. I'd forgotten this, actually. Mm. So this is making the cogs yeah. turn in my mind. But um, that was my very first visit to the hospice and I came along and helped sort the clothes. I'd forgotten all about this and I, I met your gorgeous friend Kim that day and uh, we all sorted yeah. the clothes and I'd forgotten all about that. It? So actually that must have been the year before the Absolutely. fashion show and uh, yeah, what an incredible, incredible organisation. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, it's just celebrating its 10th year mm -hmm. of receiving the keys. And I'm delighted to say that Topic UK magazine have just announced, or will be, I'm letting the cat out of the bag <laughs> here, uh, that next year, Forget Me Not, will be their charity of choice oh, for goodwill and all support in the magazine. So that, again, has so touched my heart. Mm. Yeah, it really has. Did you go along to the event with Princess Beatrice. I did, when she planted a time capsule. Yeah. I did. I had the pleasure of bumping into Harry Gration. Oh, another guest on the podcast. Yes, Lovely absolutely. Harry. <laughs> I loved that podcast. Uh, and we chatted. And just catching up with all the volunteers, the staff, Russell himself, mm. who's now an hilarious young man. I remember meeting Russell as a tiny young boy because, after all, He's the reason we have the hospice. Right, okay. It's named after Russell Senior. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that was, was fabulous for me. Oh, what a fabulous event to be part of and be a guest at rather than, you know, <laughs> arranging it. So let's fast forward because we'll be here all day and I'm conscious that you're not in the greatest health at the moment so we have got to look after you a little bit as mm -hmm. well because I know you'll keep soldiering on um, so you recover from your first bout of breast cancer then I know you were actually on holiday weren't you second time round I was I was in a swimming pool in Cyprus noticed a lump thought oh no is it a mosquito bite hoping and praying however it was in in the same breast that had been reconstructed. So and that's quite rare, is it? That's quite new. That's the whole point is that that doesn't happen, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, came home 
ran my nursing team and said, look, it's six years now since the first. I appreciate it's totally and utterly impossible, but I was foolish last time that I didn't react quickly. Could I be checked over? And within 48 hours, I was checked over. Uh, I had an ultrasound, a biopsy was called back, and I was actually called back on the second day of the Huddersfield Food and Drink Festival, which my husband uh, is part of the board of organisers, of volunteers, and I was meant to be on the stage that night, and it was a 5.30 appointment, and tens of thousands of people come for live music, etc. And I remember rushing in and saying, please be quick, band's on at seven, I need to be gone, hurry up, I'll give you the good news. <laughs> I've got a job to do. I've got a charity job to do. Yeah. And unfortunately, no, they kept me and told us both there and then that I had another tumour in the breast. It was a tiny bit may have been in situ. Okay. And it's just grown over the years and it needed to be removed. So we get, we got the news. Andrew said, my husband, I'll take you home. I was like, you will not take me home. What is the point? I want to be on the stage. I want to be there. So we was down to the festival, carried on for the whole weekend with that, which was phenomenal, uh, and then started the journey, which was a lumpectomy, mm -hmm. followed by intensive consecutive radiotherapy. Uh, I knew, Deborah, that if I sat behind my driving wheel and headed towards Leeds from Huddersfield, I would end up at the White Rose Shopping Centre, <laughs> Leeds City Centre, work or other. So I started a social media appeal to see if people would take me one driver per day. And then I added to it, one driver per day in a different vehicle. Then I realised that strangers could be taking me and I didn't want to talk intimately to them about my cancer or personal life. So I decided to recreate the James Corden carpool karaoke. So the terms were one driver, new vehicle, different to the day before, playlist chosen by a driver. We sang all the way there. They could come into Jimmy's, we weren't in COVID, and see what I went through if they wished and learn more about it. And then on the way back, no holds barred conversation. And you had fire engines, you had ice cream vans, you had motorbikes, didn't you, if I remember rightly? The list is endless. And the finale? The finale. <laughs> At the time then, the chief inspector, I believe, I can't remember her exact title, forgive me, Dee Collins, um, had herself had breast cancer saw the, the social media campaign and said, could I get some volunteer drivers who may have been touched by cancer to come along, meet you, take you, bring you back? Mm -hmm. Little did I know that that would be an armed vehicle with police motorbike escort, which was mind-blowing. Uh, we got there, a cameraman was waiting for me. I looked at him and went, gosh, you're familiar. Do you come to Bieber's? And he said, I'm James Mates from ITV. Uh, we're going to broadcast you now. So I had no time to prepare. But again, I suppose, I've been, over my lifetime, sending out little pin badges, winging it pin badges. Mm. And I just winged it. Yeah. And yeah. it came from the heart. So, Mandy, in those, in those moments, mm. where do you find your strength? Because... As you know, I've, I've been touched, and I've talked about it on here before, I've been touched by breast cancer. My mum went through it uh, fairly recently, thankfully before COVID. And I've sat in those waiting rooms as she's been going for a radiotherapy. And it's very, very hard to be positive in those moments, isn't it? What is it that gives you your 
strength to go through with these crazy but fabulous ideas. I think it's the ideas that give you the strength. <laughs> I always look for something yeah. I ha- that, that's not about me, but I also have to be very mindful that whatever I look for or create is not disrespectful, mm. misinterpreted, is not something that my family are not in partnership and agreement with. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because it's, it's not just it's about not you, just is about it? me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not... I might be the, the showgirl, the, mm. the cancer-kicking Yorkshire lass I used to put in all my social media profiles, but no, I'm Andrew's wife. Mm. I'm Elliot's mum. Yeah. And so on. Yeah. And yeah. so forth. And I am very, very guilty. I put my hand up today by saying, I haven't always considered them. Mm. Mm. I haven't. I've got carried away. And, and I think anybody... In any city, it doesn't need to be cancer. But we all need to just stop for a moment and think about our circle around us. Yeah, and how does this... Because you're positively impacting on many people, and, and I, I know a lot of it is about inspiring people mm-hmm. for you and making a difference, whatever the cause may be. But sometimes we forget about the impact that it can have on other people, whether that's because of the hours that you're out there at BB's or wherever or whatever that impact is sometimes we just forget don't we we do and that's not just in health and personal life that's also in business absolutely yeah you know if we if we celebrate success we have to also think about those around us and are are they today having the worst day yeah imaginable in business yeah oh and when you look at COVID, you mm-hmm. look at the last two years, the impact on different businesses, different people are having different experiences. Some people have never been busier and therefore have got the stress of that. Some people's businesses haven't survived. Some people haven't survived themselves. You know, it's just, it it is different to anything else we've ever been through. But I think we never know what's going on in people's lives, do we? And however much... Um, we put a persona out there and however much we might be able to dig deep and, and be positive, you never know what's going on with the next person's life. You don't. And what I've always made my mission, again, it's been challenging this time around. So just to update everybody, yeah. uh, in April I was diagnosed very rapidly and suddenly with a stage four uh, sinonasal undifferentiated undifferentiated carcinoma which is a rare and aggressive tumour which starts in the nasal passage uh, and had pressed onto my brain and I literally got a phone call Deborah on what a Tuesday to tell me that and on the Wednesday I started chemotherapy now what I've always done and did do then was I made a point of getting to know the ladies on the ward that I was in because there was no visitors mm, of course of course and actually I mean, just just taking you back, I can remember being on a call with you and you saying, you know, you'd got this terrible headache mm. yeah. and you assumed it was long COVID. I was being you... told so. Yeah. 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 So what I did to cope my coping mechanisms with that was get to know the ladies. There was three elder, elderly ladies, all with cancer. Ask how they are. 
My husband was able to deliver parcels. Theirs weren't because they were elderly, infirm, mm. couldn't drive. Mm. And they give me shopping lists. <laughs> so were you sending Andrew out? <laughs> yeah. For them. Yeah. But then that was a great distraction. Absolutely. From my illness, from my chemotherapy. I'd play them videos of me dancing on stage at Beebe's. I'd share my life with them. And we all forgot, all four of us laughed and laughed and we actually forgot we had cancer absolutely because i i, I remember this with mum actually yeah. that you, you don't want to be defined no. by it because it's such a i mean it's such a huge part of your life but it's also such a small part of the bigger picture isn't it, it is. and um you know in so back in in that time one of the things that I talk about all the time is about um, when we're talking about your personal brand, it's it's so many different things and, and it's your story, which is what this podcast is mm. about, people's story. Um, but one of the things is how we show up and how we look. Now, I've known you for a long time and one thing that always defines you is the beautiful way you dress, but also your gorgeous hair. And I know that one of the things that was really difficult for you this time was that you lost your hair absolutely deborah it was falling out in clumps at the end of may and i mean clumps mm. and i thought look i can let nature take its course a little bit longer or just take action mm. Mm. and i took action uh, friends rallied around great advice came my way um the decision was made on the monday and by tuesday i was being styled and fitted with a beautiful natural hair wig, I cried buckets and buckets and felt very vain for crying buckets. But I'd always had long blonde hair, big it, bouncy blow dries. And it defines, um, I had the beautiful Claire Paxman yeah. on the podcast um, a couple of years ago. Is that a couple of years ago? I've lost track. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so long ago. Um, and her telling the story of cutting her mum's hair and yeah our, our hair does define us so much doesn't it and I mean your wigs are absolutely beautiful but I think the thing that touched me most and um the thing that I found it, you always amaze me but the video that you put on social media without you your wig on what made you do that what made you decide to do that I just wanted to stop crying buckets mm. And I think I had to do the reveal. And I, I wanted to do it for others mm. that are in my situation or face being in my situation. Yeah, yeah. So I did a This Is Me style video and it was no hair. I talked about it openly and honestly on a quick video. And yeah, I just said, look guys, this is who I am and I'm going to accept it now. And it was so cathartic. Was it? Yeah. So do you remember, pathetic. did you ever watch Sex in the City? Do you remember Samantha ripping her wig off? I that do. <laughs> I do that. So when we go to events, my husband and I, which is very few and far between now, as soon as we get in the car, it's not. it used to be the high heels that used to come off first. <laughs> it's now the wig. The wig just gets thrown off and in onto the back seat. But I wear it now as we do our podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I probably will take it to the grave with me. I think I will do. Um, I wish I was braver and bolder to step out of the door every day without it, but I'm But not. would you ever step out of the door without your lipstick on? Never. No. So no. actually, is it yeah. that different? It's still authentically you. 
and actually I, it's not it's not about bravery it's how you choose to show up in the world Indeed. I believe and mm. I know you know we share a love of our of clothes and our lipstick mm. and our heels and it's been many a conversation over the years and I would never dream of going out without my lipstick and maybe without my heels these days after Covid but um so I, I think as long as you, it is part of who you are. Mm. So it's a personal choice, isn't it? And I think Indeed. for me, that's the important thing. It's about your personal choice. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with you. I did have some cartoon characters designed for me by Rushworth Creative, who were behind Charity Angels over a decade ago. And they have done caricatures, holding wig, wearing wig, no wig. Which are fabulous. I think I have seen them, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to reintroduce that yeah. cartoon character again in time. Brilliant. I think it's important. Just And I want to have a laugh as well yeah. along the way. Exactly. Well, talking about having a laugh. Mm. So, having a laugh in the, the darkest uh, <laughs> moments. You have... So, we haven't quite finished with the health journey yet, have we? So... Um, Let's introduce a positive because I'm sat here with you in your wig. I'm sat here with my hashtag Be More Mandy t-shirt on. So you have developed this fabulous uh, campaign. And I am going to use the word legacy because it will be your legacy. Um, And as I said to you on the phone the other day, um, we can't pretend that you're here forever now, can we? No. And um, so... Just tell me where we are now with your health. Um, I'm just struggling a moment, so I'm just going to have to hand over to you. Tell us where you are now with your health and uh, how the campaign has come about. Okay, Deborah, you are struggling, and thank you. That's that's just true emotion that's coming through now, and I understand that completely. Firstly, though, Deborah. We're all born terminal, Mrs. Absolutely, absolutely. We are, we are. We'd like you around a bit longer, though, please. Uh, so would I. <laughs> <laughs> but we are all born terminal, and I can't put any more days into my life. Neither can you. Oh, absolutely. But we could put more life into our days. So, I'd been hiccuping, burping, having stomach pains for the last few weeks recently, and was told I had severe indigestion, but I didn't. I don't blame anybody. The human body is a science, and uh, and I am an enigma. And uh, it transpires now that the, the cancer metatarses, or however you pronounce them, have gone from my head and nose down into my liver. And only 30% of my liver is now functioning as it should do. So I'm a very pleasant yellow shade at the moment. I'm turning yellow with jaundice, and I'm not as fit as I'd like to be, so there's no more cycling 280 miles or climbing the three peaks for me, sadly. And um, in the background, I'd had this idea for the Be More Mandy campaign. And Nikki uh, Pattinson mm. from Home First. Yeah, lovely Nikki. Is all to thank, actually. Yes. Because when we were doing regular Zoom calls in lockdown, she used a, an analogy of a, was it a secretary or a PA uh, called Mandy? She'd use her as a great example of a better way of being mm-hmm. and she used to say at the end of the zoom call we all we all sh- should try to be more mandy mm-hmm. so when i picked up on that last year i used to email nikki pattinson and say is everybody being more mandy <laughs> remember p.s be more mandy and i never realized then how poignant that would be to me 
So I'm not going to be here for long. That's a given. Mm. So the Be More Mandy campaign, hashtag Be More Mandy, has stepped up a massive gear, all thanks, not to me, thanks to people around me. Mm-hmm. So many people around me. So basically, here we go. Be More Mandy is about not saying I'm going to get round to doing it, just doing it. You know, that, that makes me smile. My, she was actually my great auntie, but she was always like a grandma to me, my auntie Joyce. And <laughs> I'd forgotten about this. By the, and I would only be probably eight or nine. She used to have something on the wall and it said it was a round to That's it. That's right, a circle. Do you remember them? I do remember them. <laughs> a round to it. In yeah. Yorkshire. Yeah, I do remember them. So, so just crikey, just get on and do. Yeah. Now, do, what is do? How do you do the do? So the do by being more Mandy is, for example, my 30-year-old son has never skydived. Mm -hmm. I have. I've passed the baton on, the mum baton, the Mandy baton, that next year I'd like him to jump out of an aeroplane safely. And how does Elliot feel about that? He's going to do it. (laughs) He's going to do it. My 74-year-old mum, who's never volunteered for charities, two weeks ago was at the food bank focused for Hope in Brickhouse. Which you've done lots of work with over the pandemic haven't you i'm now a trustee right so i've passed the the volunteering baton on to mum if mum can't do it for health reasons or doesn't enjoy it she just then passes it on to somebody else okay at random acts of kindness mm-hmm. buy a cup of coffee for somebody in the queue drop some flowers on a doorstep and thank you for my flowers today by the way um spread some joy it costs nothing Share some skills, some goodwill with charities. And equally, on the cancer side, let's take the blooming stigma away. Mm. Let's stop whispering in corners mm. and try and encourage open and honest conversations about it. Yeah. And, and it's moved on so much, hasn't mm. it? Thanks to social media mm. and, and so many, I'm thinking of, People like um, Bal Babe, yeah, who is just incredible. incredible, inspires me. And you know, again, so many people that that we can't mention. But you know, wouldn't it be wonderful um, as we promote this podcast if we could get people to commit to what they're going to do? Indeed, as and a result of absolutely, and, and and they can be very discreet. So this is not me being vain. I'm wanting a a media junkie campaign all about me. So if you are inspired and you want to do something completely anonymously, discreetly, go and do it. Mm. However, if you are prepared to help me more, which brings me joy every day, there are different ways you can help. So one way is, as Deborah's sporting her T-shirt today, uh, there is a website, uh, Star Active Leisure Wear, have a website whereby you can buy a printed T-shirt in different colours or a hoodie. I'll put the um, links you. in the show notes. Perfect. And for every garment purchased, £5 goes to the Be More Mandy Fund. As of today, I've learned uh, the Be More Mandy Fund will be lied live literally in days now and that's been helped by the one community foundation of Kirklees. super up to ten thousand pounds worth of donations will be doubled wow so that's their commitment to it that money will then go be it if i'm here to make the decisions or otherwise my husband and a team maybe make the decisions for me will go to children and young people in Kirklees. So we've gone full circle, haven't we? 
mm. from challenging backgrounds to provide meaningful memories for them. And I recall the day I took 300 children to Filey who'd never seen the sea or the beach mm. from Huddersfield. Mm. I can remember the photographs. Yeah. I mean, those children will talk about that forever, won't they? Won't they? And that legacy, if I can leave that legacy behind whether people buy the T-shirts, want to do a charity challenge and put money into the fund, want to do a gift in lieu of Christmas cards, want to, whatever, it's for them to choose what they want to do. And I'm not, I am ambitious financially in fundraising because that's just in my DNA. <laughs> but every penny matters and makes a difference. I'm not greedy for the pounds. You know what I love about you, Mandy? Now, this is another conversation <laughs> I can remember. Um, you're so lovely and, and, and you, it all comes from the heart. But my goodness, you're very good at asking for that pound when it comes to the charity or asking for the help. And, you know, that's the businesswoman in you. Well, to be fair with you, it's because I believe in what I do. Absolutely. And yeah. I know where it goes. Yeah. And, and you know, with the Be More Mandy Fund, I just know it's transparent. It's going to be well administered. People can, can get involved in it. They can see the outcome of it. Mm. It's local to my town. It's part of Yorkshire. So why ever not, really? And then if you're not going to be discreet and you want to wear the T-shirt, why not put a photo on social media on one of my platforms, or your own, or all, saying, I'm going to be more Mandy, saying what you're going to do, if you wish to do, and challenging, like the ice bucket challenge. Yes, yeah, yeah. And passing it on passing to somebody on. else. Yeah, super. Do the pass on. Uh, if people want to be creative with videos... So John Burker, who was the Speaker of the House of Commons yes. for 10 years, he's done me a sensational video. Wow. Which I've not released yet, but I want more. Yeah, yeah. And not just celebrities, Deborah, again, can I say? Yeah, it's, it's everybody, isn't it? And one thing that I've learned with this podcast, with just with, with my work over many, many years, that actually... You know, I've I've been privileged to work in sport and met met some you know very well known people over the years, but the people that always touch me and the the stories that really make an impact are the really truly yeah. heartfelt stories, the stories of every single person because everybody's got their story to tell, haven't they? Absolutely do, and and obviously it's down to affordability. Hmm. So again, with respect to everyone who's buying the garments. There may be families out there that want to be more Mandy but can't afford. So why not buy a T-shirt yeah. and pass it on yeah. yeah, and see how far a T-shirt can go? Yeah, yeah. What a lovely idea. Whether yeah. it be around a little estate, a school, hmm. yeah. a care home. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, just see the journey because really I think in my lifetime I've touched all ages, all backgrounds. I don't want it to be exclusive and professional only and those that can afford do it's everybody absolutely it's everybody yeah okay so we're all going to hashtag be more mandy yeah i will make sure that everything is linked in the notes and we will make sure that that message gets out there as much as we can um I'm going to bring the conversation to a close now because I can see you're getting tired and we've been chatting far longer than we uh, said we would do. But I knew I knew that we would. Um, so, hashtag be more Mandy. 
what does the next couple of weeks, couple of months, couple of years hold for you? Couple of years is helpful. <laughs> I've got to be frank. It's it's helpful, but we have hope. Let let me just say to you, one of my favourite ever meat love songs is Heaven Can Wait. Can I just say, I listened to you talking about this the other day and walked through Manchester with, I love a lot of Meatloaf songs and I hadn't heard that for so many years and I had to, I was late for my meeting because I stood by the cathedral, by Selfridges there, just listening to that. Um, what a powerful, powerful song to to talk about. Indeed, so that's what I hope for that heaven will wait. And it'll certainly be getting an angel, won't it? I hope so. It'll be a lot of fun up there. <laughs> I'll play havoc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mandy, it's been an absolute, an absolute pleasure. Number one, just to be able to spend some time with you. Indeed. It's been an absolute joy. And thank you for your openness and honesty. Yeah. And you know what? Thank you for bringing that sparkle that positivity that absolute joy that you do to so much of our lives as well i really really appreciate it my absolute pleasure and deborah when i'm gone i will be going in a big firework display so there'll be plenty sparkles in that skyline <laughs> i'll carry on wearing the sequins for you do <laughs> lots of love Okay, so a little update from me. Um, It struck me when I listened back when we were editing this podcast episode how strong and positive Mandy sounds. Despite being poorly, her positivity and love of life and energy absolutely shine through. And only two days after we recorded the episode, Mandy was admitted to the Kirkwood Hospice for symptom control. So she continues to be so strong and positive and post on social media about her Be More Mandy campaign and try and inspire people with her story. She's such an inspiration to me. I hope she has inspired you as well. So come on then, let's get out there. Let's live our lives to the full. And let's be more Mandy.